again, everybody. It's been a bit of a layoff for the holidays, but that's Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball, and we are coming to you live from Kansas City. And uh, we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We did, although it was a bit, uh, yeah, it's never the same without Nellie, but we still had a good time. And as uh, everybody knows, one of the things we like to talk about, in addition to baseball stats and everything else, is uh, Nellie. So um, we'll get into that in a minute. But this is episode 42, and uh, we said we would at least get to 42, and we did it. Hey, mission accomplished. And uh, number 42, there's only one 42. It's been retired in every ballpark in America, especially now that Mariano Rivera is no longer playing. His number was retired as Jack Roosevelt Robinson. Yeah, that's right, Jackie Robinson. The first winner of the Baseball Writers Association Rookie of the Year, and he did so much more. But he wasn't alone. Larry Doby was right there with him a couple months later. And then after that, Satchel Page and Don Newcomb, and the list goes on and on and on. The 1953 set of tops is just represented by a number of the players from the old Negro Leagues. And, uh, you know, Ernie and Billy and all these guys, Hank. They all had brushes in the uh, Negro Leagues. I think they were all certainly impacted by Jackie Robinson. I know that uh, Nellie was, and I know that Billy Williams was, and I'm sure that everybody in that era who was an African-American was affected by the success that Jackie Robinson had, but even more the humility that he showed in standing up as best he could for the racial intolerance that was shown and being man enough not to fight back too often, although there were some occasions where he finally was given the green light by Branch Rickey to do whatever he had to do. And uh, he stood up and, by God, the spiking stopped, the throwing at him stopped, the racial slurs didn't always stop. But then again, uh, they didn't stop for a lot of people, and in fact, uh, you know, they may be going on um, in our country, uh, maybe especially more now than before. But be that as it may, we're not going to get into uh, the political climate today in the U.S., and uh, we're going to stick with baseball. So it was a fun holiday. Most of the family was here, and as I said, um, Thanksgiving was always something that we shared with uh, Nelly, And uh, he was here, you know, for, gosh, 20, 30, 40 Thanksgivings. I spent Thanksgiving with him in Fort Worth, Texas, when he was with the Rangers in uh, November 1973 with Nelly and his, uh, his family. His dad was there and a number of uh, friends that were there that uh, got to know Dave in his years with the Rangers. So... Year after year after year, um, he would add a little soul food to our Thanksgiving treats. He would, uh, to the amazement of my kids back then, he would uh, take the turkey neck that came inside the turkey and boil it and make gravy with it. And uh, it was fun. The one thing that always amazed my kids was that for a good solid hour to two hours, Nellie was on the phone. And for you folks out there that were friends with Dave, uh, you know that he called every Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, Christmas, 
to wish you a happy holiday and to check on how the family was, how the kids were doing, and he knew virtually everything about your kids. Unbelievable. But he always would, you know, tell people, they asked, where are you? Well, I'm in Kansas City with Jamie. And uh, my family just really, he was part of the family. And uh, in fact, we talked about that. And the daughters-in-law thought he was like uh, Uncle Dave. And uh, certainly that's what he's known by in, uh, in Florida, Uncle Davey. So uh, not only Florida, but also <laughs> in Africa. South Africa, where we're going for a celebration in just a little under two months at the Open Arms for Children, and uh, we're dedicating a building in Dave's honor, and uh, we're going to have a little uh, ceremony for Dave. Um, his request was that uh, his ashes be spread in Kumga, South Africa, at the Open Arms, and so uh, we're going to be doing that and honoring his wish. So there are about 34 or 35 people that are going to be going with us on this uh, journey. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, most of the board members are going. And the uh, new facility that's being named after Dave and dedicated to Dave's honor and memory uh, is to house the older kids as they move out of their living environment with all of their brothers and sisters and uh, and sort of get more prepared for life after open arms. But as Bob Solis, the man behind open arms, stated, the kids may grow up, but they never leave open arms and they're always in uh, all of our hearts and I'm looking forward to getting back down there for the third time. And uh, I know that my wife is too, so that's going to be fun. We have um, a number of other activities that uh, we hope to accomplish in beautiful South Africa, including going out to the island where Nelson Mandela was kept imprisoned for years. And um, we are going to uh, be looking forward to to that good time and maybe even doing a podcast out there. Rick Waits, former pitcher, is going out there with his wife. That's going to be fun. And uh, so there you have it. What better episode than 42 for talking a little bit about Dave at the time of Thanksgiving. Um, so uh, that's a time when we, everybody misses him all the time, but, uh, you know, that was a, that was a time that we shared and, and enjoyed. So anyway, there you have it. So that's Nellie. That's Jackie. Man, you know, you go on for days about Jackie Robinson. I probably should, but I'm not going to do that. There's a, in episode 41, we picked seven out of eight of the uh, award winners. That was pretty impressive, impressive to, at least to me. I missed the uh, manager in the American League. I thought Boone would get it. I think he deserved it, but uh, the Twins manager got it. And uh, good for him. So, where are we? Well, lots happened really since our last podcast. There have been actually some free agent signings that uh, are taking place before Christmas, which is a lot different than last year. Um, some of the free agents that um, have signed, one was Abreu and Jerry Reinsdorf during a recent lunch told me that uh, there was no way Abreu was going anywhere. And of course, 
that wish of the chairman was uh, not only conveyed to uh, Abreu, but it was carried out. So they gave him a qualifying offer. He was only the eighth player in Major League history to accept a qualifying offer. But he did. And uh, it was for a measly $17,800,000. And within 48 hours, the White Sox turned around and they signed him to a three-year contract. And that's awesome. He deserves it. The guy's great. I don't know why he's so... He is so underrated, it's not funny, because he is one of the best hitters in the history of the game. He's up there. He's every bit as good as Pujols, maybe better, and uh, just doesn't get much much respect. Probably no respect because he plays on the south side of Chicago, and uh, that team has been overshadowed by the North Siders for a long time. It's been about 10 years since anybody really knew much about the White Sox, but I think they are poised for getting a couple new pitchers and making a run at the Central Division, and why not? The Twins won it, and they're they're not certainly uh, exempt from being beaten, and the Royals uh, aren't either. Oh, my God, a season ticket holder again. I have took the plunge, probably do it for the Cubs. So let me get this off my chest while we're thinking about it and naming the Royals. Uh, John Sherman, uh, who owned 30% of the Cleveland Indians, bought the majority interest in the Kansas City Royals. They bought 100% from David Glass. And uh, David Glass, Dayton Moore, and uh, Ned Yost deserve six or seven applause because they did go to the World Series two years in a row. Uh, The applause ends because they just dropped off the table and uh, claiming that their salary was hampered because they were a small market team. Okay. Uh, The Brewers are unloading players at an alarming rate as well as the um, Braves are picking up players at an alarming rate. So hats off to the Braves, booze to the uh, Brewers, and booze to the owner of the Royals because I did not like his opening statement into the Kansas City market. I do think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be better than what he advertised in his opening statement. And I think that the ownership group is pretty strong with the J.E. Dunn Construction Company folks and uh, the Lockton Insurance Brokers uh, folks, Eric Stone Street, and uh, of Modern Family fame, and uh, some other guys. They got a lot of owners that were checked out by Major League Baseball, as they do with everything. But... Sherman has a controlling share, and what was the first thing out of his mouth? Well, we're a small market. Well, baloney. You know what? I'm tired of the small market crap. There isn't a small market. They need to pay $125 million payroll everywhere. The Brewers, small market, you know, they, they moan and groan about that. Come on, they drew 3 million people. That's not a small market. There is no such thing as a small market anymore. People travel especially to Miller Park because it's indoors and they're not going to get rained out. People travel to Chicago. People even travel to Kansas City to see the uh, opposition because the Royals are so bad. So he's got to turn this thing around. I mean, it's the old we're going to grow from within. We're going to develop our farm. But first, you've got to draft better. Second, you have to train them better, develop them better, and then manage them better. And speaking of that, 
Happy days are here again. If they construct a statue or retire the number of none other than, is it Ed or Ned? I think it's Ned Yost. <laughs> I think it should be Ed. Uh, give me a break. He had a losing record with the Royals. Yeah, he won a World Series. Yeah, he ruined the arms of three different relievers, although uh, a couple of them are trying hard to hang in there. But I mean... When you only have to manage six innings and just stay close because you've got the seventh, eighth, and ninth pretty well nailed down on days when the game is close, that's a pretty good gig. Anyway, so glad to see him gone. Not that happy to see a St. Louis Cardinal guy come in here. But, uh, you know, he's a decent manager, got a good track record, and uh, I think he'll be good for the Royals until they figure out, like, maybe he'll be like Ned, where Ned all of a sudden decided to change his personal relationships with players and go from a backstabber to a back patter. Will Matheny pat people on the back or stab them from behind? Those are the questions that we'll never know because nobody's going to talk. Uh, now Dayton Moore comes as close to throwing players under the bus as I've ever heard. He did that with Musakis. And I think the moose is still on the loose. Uh, for some reason, nobody wants to deal with Boris on Moustakis. Poor guy. I mean, he turned down a nice offer with the Brewers where he should have stayed. Uh, he'll probably end up back there. He's, you know, does this dance. This will be the third year of dancing. And uh, I like Moose. He's a pretty good uh, offensive player and a pretty mediocre fielder. But where do you put him? I don't know. Put him in the American League and turn him into a first baseman. Hosmer can give him some advice on how to do that. So you got that. Anyway, back to the small market team. Baloney. Come on. You guys got... You rake in money from MLB Network. You rake in money from Game Boy. You rake in money from the TV deal that's going up. The Royals are getting a local TV deal, which is competitive finally. And uh, they own the baseball company. <laughs> so what else do they want? Seriously, they own Rawlings Baseball Company. Unbelievable. I mean, it truly is unbelievable. Uh, but, hey. 2020 is going to be a new year. We're going to be upbeat. We're going to have a few jokes, try to get a call-in show going, or at least a call-in co-host every now and then. But uh, to the delight of thousands of my listeners, we're going to have another year of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. It's going to be great, as it always is. We'll pick it up in February. Figuring out there won't be anything as exciting as Machado and Harper. Hey, were those two good free agent signings or what? Harper is a, finished about 120th in batting and OPS. And Machado, uh, you know, I'm going to have a, I said it was going to be a, a dog meter, dog of the year. I'm going to go back and listen to a few of the first five podcasts that I said the format would be and see if I'm missing out on anything. But I know that we had a dog meter going. And as doggy a year as Machado had, he did a little better than uh, the bearded wonder in Philadelphia. So now Harper gets the dog bone award for being the dog of the year. And I mean, whenever a close second, there's nobody around. The, and, and the parting gift, literally, the parting gift is to 
sometime go over and hang with Ryan Zimmerman and see his 2019 World Series championship ring, huh? And maybe watch a video of the parade, yeah? And look at what the boys did in the White House. What a visit that must have been. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, Harper. And what does Harper get? He goes from the Zen master, Kapler, who frigging gets another job. Unbelievable. I had to manage. I cannot believe they haven't called me to manage. So the Zen master gets to go replace Bochi in San Francisco. Strange hire. Where's Mad Bum going? They got a lot of free agents. They're... That's a strange team. And then you've got the new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, no other than Giambi. No, not Giambi. <laughs> he's, he's on the MLB Network with Chris Rose. No, that's not Giambi. That's Kevin Millar. See? I get distracted. It is Giardi. Not Giambi, really. You need to keep these things straight if you're going to have a podcast. Joe Giardi, new manager, Philadelphia. Couldn't be any different than the Zen dude. I mean, there ain't going to be yoga in the clubhouse. There's going to be nothing but military. One, two, three, four. What are we fighting for? I can't wait to hear what Arietta and Giardi have to say to Bryce Harper when he shows up. But... The dude can hit. Maybe he'll earn his salary this year. Remember, every time Bryce goes to the mailbox during the season, he gets a couple million dollars check in the mail. Not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. They get paid, what, uh, 26 times. Um, and so he goes and he gets a lot of money. every. Maybe it's only a million. I don't know. But pretty good. I'd like to go to the mailbox and pick up a check for a million bucks every two weeks. Be pretty good. I think I could survive, and Bryce will, because he's with his, quote, family. He loves his family, although the head of the family's gone, so now does he love Giardi, Arietta, you name it, I don't know. Who's going to be the new dog? There's just nobody out there to dislike. I mean, you've got Strasburg and Cole, and everybody loves Wheeler, so those are the three biggies. Um, I don't, you don't have that Love for Donaldson. I don't care who he goes with. Nobody likes that guy. Not sure why. But he's pretty good. And so we're going to shuffle the deck and see what uh, what happens. But the uh, every managerial position has been filled. The Padres finally have their guy. I never heard of him. The Pirates have their guy. I've never heard of him. And uh, everybody else uh, goes... Down the road, I, I think it's going to be fun. Beltron in New York, I like Carlos. I think he'll be good. So it's uh, going to be an interesting year. So you've got the controversy. Not only the baseballs flying out of the ballpark, but once again, the Houston Astros have been accused of stealing signs illegally with high-tech mobile equipment. Yes, I said mobile equipment. Whatever that means. They have a camera frigging out in center field that's totally dedicated to a monitor in the clubhouse or the dugout. And uh, supposedly that's uh, an advantage to a hitter, although they hit better on the road than they did at home. 
So some guys like to know, some guys don't. Apparently this year they whistled when a changeup was coming. And the year before they banged on a drum or an old barrel in the clubhouse, in the dugout. I don't know. There are people who say that if Jeff Luna, who's already had his assistant fired for his behavior following the uh, clinching of the pennant, uh, and his alleged closer, who had um, been referred to by the assistant general manager in the face of a female reporter, which didn't go over so well, and even though he was probably drunk, he gone. Now, the word is if Lunau knew about this and, and um, countenanced it, pretty big word, if he agreed to let it occur, people think he should be banned, B-A-N-N-E-D, banned from baseball. What do you guys think? I agree. If you're going to ban Joe Jackson because he was too stupid to know that he was really in deep doo-doo by betting, uh, uh, throwing the World Series, although he hit over 300 in the World Series. Yeah. I mean, he was so dumb. He could uh, Maybe the best hitter ever. I didn't know him, but the book on Joe Jackson is that he wasn't the smartest guy out on the field, other than his baseball sense. But he apparently was not smart enough to figure out that he didn't have to... Uh, uh, badly to throw the World Series. I mean, the guy hit over 300. He is not a very good crook. But I think if you're going to throw Joe out and Buck Weaver and Al Sakati and all those guys, you ought to throw out Lou now. I mean, the guy has been around the periphery of a lot of different scandals, the St. Louis um, computer gig, and uh, now the not being able to control his assistant GM, and then this, I don't know, not looking good for those Astros. Uh, strip away the American League title and give it to the uh, uh, anybody you want. Doesn't matter, I guess the World Series is over with. And uh, I'm excited about next year. Next year is gonna be awesome. The Cubs have a new manager, David Ross. The owner of the Cubs gave an across-the-board 2.5% drop in ticket prices. How often does that happen? And as one of my <laughs> sons astutely pointed out, we, uh, we are all very optimistic, upbeat people, glass half full. Uh, he pointed out that even though there was a 2.5% drop in prices, they're raising the beer prices 20%. So they're going to recap it when they can and where they can. Pretty funny. I think that's true. There's something on the lighter side of baseball. Other than that, the uh, Braves are signing some people. They got Smith from San Francisco, helped their bullpen. The Brewers just keep tra giving away players. I, I do not get it. I don't get it. They got rid of Zach Davis, one of the best. They got rid of another good pitcher before that. And Pomerantz is apparently gone. Oh, my God, what are they doing? Now we're going to come in under a payroll so that Antanasio can make more money? Now... Antanasio is a very generous guy. I don't get Major League Baseball and these small markets. I don't get how Billy Bean can get away with a little payroll and succeed. Tampa Bay, same thing. If, because here's the deal. If Antanasio doesn't want to put in a decent payroll or the owner of Tampa Bay or the owner of Oakland or the owner of Baltimore, 
Sell the team. You'll get more than a billion bucks. I God, if the Royals are worth a billion bucks and every other team's worth more. Right? Now, here's the risk. Here's the risk. If you've ever played musical chairs, you know, when you're a kid, you go to a birthday party. This is maybe way back in the old days when I grew up. Musical chairs. When the music ends, you sit in one of the folding chairs that's there for the party game. Aha, one person. And one person only doesn't find a chair and he is eliminated. They play the song again, they take away another chair, music stops, sit down, if you don't get a chair, boom, you're out. So, the danger to these new owners and these groups because nobody's going to pay a billion dollars out of their own bank account unless it would be uh, maybe Gates. I don't think so. Maybe Buffett. Apparently he didn't really dig his time with 20 years with the Omaha Royals. Or Mike Bloomberg. Um, somebody like that. Otherwise, you need a group of rich guys. You, need, you, you don't need one rich guy. You need like 10 rich guys and a couple other good guys and maybe a throw-in guy. The, the, the fear is, there's a billion and a half, oh, by the way, um, we ain't drawn. And uh, the ratings are going down, and in 20 years our stadium's pretty much gone. And uh, you got a business and you lost a billion and a half bucks. That Right now they think it's printing money, and they're right because of the uh, love affair that uh, apparently Fox has with baseball and uh, Joe Buck huh. and Smoltz. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that. Let's talk about the war between minor league baseball and major league baseball. Again, going back to the greed, the greed and short-sightedness of major league baseball. They don't want to strip money out of the owner's pockets. They want to put money into the owner's pockets to the detriment of the fans. So why else would you have four-hour baseball games? Why else would you have umpires call strikes so, so narrowly? Why else would you have all of these long playoff games brought to you by Joe Buck and John Smoltz? It just, it's just bad. Now, they're going to speed up September baseball. I've been harping on that forever. They got close. They didn't do it perfectly, but they got close. So in exchange for that, they had to give up a spot, another spot on the roster. So this is where the baseball wars go in the major leagues. You play with the number on the roster. Back after the strike, the owner said, hey, you know what, we're going to go to 24-man roster. And uh, that cost Pro Sports Inc. one spot on the New York Yankees and none other than Mike Soper. Another another tough story for my company, Pro Sports Inc. So, you remember the Al Jones threw his arm out at Fenway. Soaps would have been the 25th guy in the Yankees. Really good shortstop. Really good ball player. Really good kid. Goes to the Yankees. He's the 25th man on a 24-man roster. Gets cut. Goes to AAA baseball. Is not a fan of the manager. But be that as it may, dives for a ball in the hole, rips his shoulder, cancel Christmas, no more baseball for soaps. Tough deal. Yeah, that's another. So we'll, we'll feature one sad pity party for Pro Sports Inc. every broadcast. <laughs> and I'm kidding. But soaps was a good guy. Al Jones was a good guy. And uh, their careers ended 
boom, snap of a finger because of an injury. But they're going to expand the rosters now the other way. They're going to have 26 men on the roster in exchange for limiting the roster size to, I believe, 29 in the uh, September. So they could have addressed this problem totally another way. They could have said, look, you can have 40-man rosters in September, but for each series you have to designate 25 guys. They didn't want to do that. So anyway, now everybody has an extra pitcher. I think it has to be a pitcher. And um, that's the scoop on that front. So that's uh, rapidly approaching kind of a potpourri of what's going on in baseball, which is not much. At the owners' meetings, now the winter meetings are coming up. That's supposedly when all the big deals are going. We're going to definitely have episode 43 in honor of one of the guys I grew up loving to watch pitch. And he became a friend, not a great friend, but a friend. Played golf with him a couple of years in a row, spent a long time during those week-long golf tournaments with none other than number 43 for the Chicago White Sox, Gary Peters. Great guy. Rookie of the year, I believe, but even if he wasn't, I like to think of him as rookie of the year. He's really, really good hitter, good pitcher, da-da-da-da-da, that's 43. 44, it ain't going to be Reg, I guarantee you that. Although I do have a nice game bat by, I think I've told that story, a Reggie Jackson bat. And uh, thanks, Reggie. Nice bat, beautiful black bat. He autographed it. It's got those white smears when he hit a ball. Nice. That was his gamer. Wasn't really happy that it landed somewhere other than in his hands during the spring training games, but hey. 44 will be none other than Henry. Henry Aaron. 755 home runs. Awesome. Anyway, that was a great home run. And uh, it happened at County Stadium on July 20th, 1976. The by Centennial. And oh, what a celebration that was. We can all remember where we were during that great celebration of our country's 200th birthday. I was in Newport, Rhode Island at the United States Naval Justice School having a great time in Newport. What a good town that was. And uh, so we are wrapping up segment one here. We've had a good morning. It's been fun. Uh, we've got two more podcasts this year. We've got 43 and 44. Uh, 44 is going to be fun, talking about a little more about Hank Aaron. I'll bring back a little bit of the Negro Leagues and Jackie Robinson and some of those deals because I think they're fantastic to talk about in the winter. we got the winter meetings coming up. And uh, as a reminder, you can hear us on not only SoundCloud, but also on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Pretty cool. So we'll be back in a flash with segment number two and a live guest, none other than Andrew Uretsky. So that should be interesting, controversial, and uh, you never know where it's going to go. So Jamie Uretsky on the lighter side of baseball. We'll be back in just a flash with Andrew Uretsky. All right, we're back here on the lighter side of baseball, and as promised, we're so lucky to have a guest today, none other than my son, Andrew Uretsky. Andrew and I have been uh, going to baseball games all of his life, and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about that. He's been fortunate enough to go to World Series, All-Star Games, hang with Dave Nelson, and the like. 
So let's get started. Andrew, uh, how's everything going? Doing great. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here, man. Long-time listener. Long-time listener, first time on the show. You never know. You could be a regular if you play your cards right. Oh, I would. that would mean the world to me. Speaking of cards, tell the listening audience a little bit about your professional poker career. Well, my professional poker career uh, began during law school, playing uh, mostly online poker when I should have been studying for law, law school exams. Well, did it pay off? It paid off for about a year and a half. It was profitable for about a year and a half. It became unprofitable. I had to return to the law. That's no fun. Plus, the laws changed in the United States, which hampered your activity online. But, I mean, you're being a little modest. I mean, you went to the uh, uh, Hall of or the uh, World Series of Poker, right? And I did that first summer when I the other people in my law school were taking the bar exam. I was sitting in the World Series of Poker, ten thousand dollar main event. Nice. And before that, there's. Things people don't really understand about that, but they're preliminary events that go on in La, in uh, Las Vegas, right? Uh, correct. I uh, I'm not sure. I don't recall exactly if it was before or after the main event, but I did play in a smaller one thousand dollar buy-in and took third place for around twenty five thousand dollars. Nice. Is that the most you've won? Uh, in person, yes. Not. I won more online. And we won't go into that because the IRS probably monitors this podcast. So, in addition to uh, your, are you still playing professional poker? No, I, I get to play poker maybe once every three or four months now, if that. I probably not even that. And uh, what do you do in your spare time? What do I do in my spare time? Um, I don't have a lot of spare time. I have a. 21-month-old daughter and another one, another daughter on the way. So in my spare time, I like to play with my daughter. And You're also a patent lawyer, right? Yes, that's, that's another reason I have not, not much spare time. I'm a patent attorney. Well, and then with all that, with kid on the way, kid here, an active practice of law, you still find time to be an avid sports fan. Yes, yes. Big Washington Nationals fan. Go Nats. World <laughs> Series champions. You want to sing the Baby Shark? Mm, no, not particularly. All right. How'd that, do, you, do you know how that came about? No, I, I, do. I actually don't. I'd, <laughs> I'd lean to other sources for that. So there was this bit player on the Nationals named uh, Guerra or something like that. Maybe Para. Para. Anyway, Para was like not doing anything, and he changed his walk-up song to his daughter, his little baby daughter's shark music, and bam, it took off. And everybody, you know, the baby shark ate the great white in the World Series, eh? Yes, it, it did indeed. So what would you think about the Nationals' chances to win the World Series in August? In August, uh, they were very slim. Was that when they were had still had a quite the losing record? I think so. Oh, they may have been. You know, they started out 17 and 40 or something. As big a Nats fan as I am, I probably didn't follow the team too much until the playoffs. But, yeah. Uh, Do you think they'd... I mean, they were the wild card team, weren't they? They, they were, yeah. And 
You know, a lot of wildcard teams get to the World Series, which I was shocked to find out. But They went to L.A., they won. They went to St. Louis, won. That's big. Beating the Cardinals. That's awesome. And they did it without that bearded wonder in right field, Bryce Harper. I think that's funny. I know, funny. I know. Do you think it's as funny as your dad thinks it's funny? Uh, I think it's pretty funny. I, I don't know if Bryce finds it funny, but... I don't know. He said publicly that he was excited for his friends, but I don't. I don't think he has a lot of friends on the team. But that's just me. I, I you, you, know, I, you have more inside knowledge than me. I don't know. And if anybody tried to connect the dots, it's really not a personal conversation that I had with the former member of the Washington Nationals who gave me that impression. So I'll disclaim any anything negative to do with that young lad because he's a free agent and I want him to sign. So. You know, part of the show is how uh, father-son relationships and getting started in baseball, mother-daughter, mother-son, whatever. Uh, I know that I'm personally familiar with your baseball career and followed that along with your other amateur sports, including tackle football in high school. But um, you want to say anything really nice about your dad and how you got started in baseball? Well, yeah, um for as long as I can remember, my father, you, was, uh, baseball was by far his favorite sport, and growing up, obviously, you learned, or you taught me, I learned to throw and throw a ball and catch a ball and hit a ball from you. Partially and boy, did that pay dividends. Partially why I couldn't hit the ball, but no, just kidding. <laughs> Paid big dividends. Nah, you were a gamer. I you got were... to, uh. Sophomore year of baseball, I think, was uh, my last. I played shortstop, which I probably should have been playing second base at best. My arm was definitely did not have a shortstop's arm, and I couldn't field the ball all that well either. It was it wasn't a good combination. Well, let me tell you, you weren't the uh, you weren't the lone ranger in the family. We're we've got a long list of wannabe athletes that never quite got as far as our good friend Dave Nelson. Nice segue into Nelly, huh? Yeah. Huh? Boy, I've been doing this for forty-two podcasts. They don't call me. They don't call You're me anything. Really good. It's like the Chris Collinsworth slide you got going. So anyway, most of your life you were familiar with, acquainted with, and like a like a family member with Dave Nelson. That's the second part of this show, the family relationship. Uno. Then we got the Dave Nelson connection which is really the stimulus for the show so man can you remember not knowing dave no i cannot remember not knowing dave because i'm pretty sure i've known i've known dave since i was born essentially so i think that's true um one of my favorite pictures is in my office with you and your brothers and dave's son uh at wrigley field on uh, august 8th 1988 Correct. We were there for the first and second night game. The first night game that did not happen and the first night game that did happen. Yeah, it's, you know, I think back of that, it's kind of weird that it got rained out because during the day it was beautiful. We were down on the field hanging out. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So Dave did that broadcast with uh, Dwayne Stats, who's a super good guy, and uh, got rained out, right? It did, yeah. So I got another picture over downstairs where we are with Greg Maddox, who nobody knew, playing whatever slip and slide on the on the tarp. That was fun. Yeah, it was always uh, 
it was always eventful with Dave. He, yeah, I always seemed like we were superstars because he seemed like a superstar and he knew everyone, took us everywhere on the field and whatnot. Yeah, I think um, I think everybody in the family feels that way. That that got the guys, I guess, more than the girls that got to hang out with Dave and hang yeah. out with him at ballparks, which. You know, for me and for you guys and for you, the uh, uh, Cleveland years were cool. Yeah, the Cleveland years were probably the best, the most fun years for me from Dave's perspective because he was, he was a coach, so he had access to everything at that point. And, yeah, he would take us to the clubhouse. We'd, all the, uh, I remember the setups of all the candy and whatnot that they had. They had every food imaginable and that you was guys, always pretty yeah. cool you guys got to go in the clubhouse i, I don't oh, think you didn't, I did. you didn't ever go in the clubhouse you know every now and then i i couldn't remember going in the clubhouse at comiskey park more than anywhere else because the older you get you really more people don't, don't want to go around. hang out in a clubhouse to an older guy looking at other older guys it's not that great yeah but to a kid man you know you think of the cool stuff like Candy and all, and then the guys. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Lofton of the world and Sandy Albert Adler, Bell. Albert Bell. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's pretty funny. I think um, the experiences that uh, you guys got through Dave was pretty cool. So that they were in the World Series in '95. They yes. were in the playoffs in '96, '97. So I mean, you got to participate in some of that stuff. Yeah, the Indians' revival that was short-lived, but. No, they were, they were back a couple of years ago. Yeah, and then there was an all-star game. Did you, you know, I, between you and Josh and Brad, I can't remember who all went to what stuff now that I'm getting old. And I believe we all went to the 1987 all-star game. We all went to that. That's another great, but the one in Cleveland. There was an oh, all-star game in Cleveland. I did go to that one, I, I believe. I you did, yeah. And My then I remember you were in not the clubhouse, but a club in Cleveland. 95, 96, 97, goofing around with various people that we... Taking shots of Jägermeister at <laughs> yeah. maybe 20 you? years old, 19. I don't. I was not 21, I don't think. With Tom Golden's former fiancé. Anyway, let's go talk about... You probably don't remember much about 1987. I don't remember much about 87, but it was the longest, most boring all-star game in the history of sports. But leading up to that, we had a good time. Nelly was with the A's. And the game was in, in Oakland, so we ended up going out there. All we three did. all three of your brothers. Well, the three of you guys and me and Dave and Tom and lots of other people. So that was a good deal. Uh, and then the uh, Royals, our yeah. hometown team, which you seem to favor. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm... We're a, getting into some good times now. Go ahead. Yeah, the Royals all-star game. Was that 2012, I want to say? It was a couple of years before there was. Yeah. Right? So here's Andrew. Andrew's a lot more intense than he's talking, but it 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 goes in, in ebbs and flows. So one of the funniest moments that I've ever had at a baseball venue, because it wasn't a game, was the home run derby in Kansas City. And as I recall, you were upset. At, oh. <laughs> at one of the dads who was pitching batting practice, and I can't even remember. Who it was? Who, I can't recall who it was either. It was um, it was a Yankee, 
Wasn't it uh oh, what's his name? It was the Yankee that was in it that year. Well that, whoever it was, they were, you know, playing it was home run derby, so the more strikes, the more balls right down the middle you can hit at, the better. Well his dad was a little wild and uh you were just Well yeah, he was ruining <laughs> it for his kid. And our seats were like in the twelfth row, so you could hear Andrew all over the ballpark. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I like to uh, get excited at sporting events so, after having a couple beers. So fast forward to 2014 was the year that they were in the World Series against the Giants. Correct. That was the Giants. Game one was at the K. Yes, the Royals were home team in that. And do you remember who was pitching? Uh, that would be Baumgartner. He. Well, you remember or you who mean was for pitching the Royals? for the Royals? You should remember because you were harassing the heck out of him. Who was? Do you remember? Yeah, it was James Shields. Oh. Because so here we are in the. Uh, again, our seats are really good, and. You have different memories of the game than I do. <laughs> so here's James Shields pitching, and he wasn't doing particularly well, mostly because, and here's my theory, the home plate umpire was Jerry Meals. He's about five foot two. Sal Perez is about six foot four. And Meals couldn't call a strike to save his life because he couldn't see over our catcher. And so... Shields was missing the strike zone a lot, and Andrew would probably sarcastically calling him Big Game Shields. There you go. Your memory's back. I knew it would come back. Yeah. God, it was hilarious. Here's Andrew and his brothers and me, and here's Andrew just going, Big Game? You're not a big game. It was pretty funny. I don't think... I have different memories, don't I? I don't think he earned his reputation as Big Game Shields, to be honest. I think you're probably right, but he pitched a lot. And stayed he was, in the league for quite a while. But he was n- not on the Royals when they won, or was he? No, you're yeah. co- absolutely correct. Those, we don't even have to fast forward very many years. One year. One year, 2015. So what do you remember about that? Because I don't remember I didn't much. go to. I didn't go to any of those games. I went in 2014. I went to the, the three games in Kauffman, and I saw, or I guess there would have been four in Kauffman. I saw... Yeah. All losses. So, was that... I must have only gone to three of the games, but I know that each game that I went to, they lost. In they Kaufman. must have won one at Kaufman. Yeah. In 2015, as I remember, they won at home, where the series started again because of the American League winning the All-Star game. Which and is since... they clinched in, in That's New not York. the case anymore, right? The All-Star game? Correct. I believe they changed it again. I, I think they're back to, I don't know what they're back to anymore, believe it's it or not. It's the most wins, I believe. Most wins win. Just total. I think So the, the team wins. that wins the most games this year, that league hosts the All-Star game. Which I think it even depends on the final two teams. I think it's just between the final two teams. I think teams. they award the venue for the All-Star game. I know the World Series depends on wins. Oh, wait, we're talking about the... I think we segued back, unbeknownst to you, to the... Uh... Oh, yeah. So, I don't know how they do the All-Star game. But anyway, the World Series, yeah, it's definitely whoever wins most games gets the uh, World Series. 
And so they clinched in 15 in New York. It was not the same as winning at home. Right, game five. It did not take long. So, but we were fortunate enough, Royals, 2014, 2014, 2015, and then the Cubs. And you uh, happened to go to that very, 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 very important game five. Yeah, their, field. their first their first win at Wrigley that year in the yeah. World Series. And who were you rooting for? I know who your brother was frigging rooting for. Oh, I was definitely rooting for the Cubs. There you go. I'm not sure about Brad. Eh. I think he was rooting for the Cubs. I don't think he would have been rooting for the Indians. Wasn't it the Indians? It was the Indians, yeah, because then game six, Cubs won. Game seven, they were winning, they were losing, they were winning. Rain delay, pep talk, World Series. Breaks the jinx. Or the hundred-year-old jinx. So that man, you've had uh, gotten a lot of baseball games. Yeah, I've Good had a lot games. of. Uh, seeing as how I'm such a huge Nats fan, I've had a lot of World Series championships lately. Man, All my fair-weather teams. That is true. So now that you're a dad, and your daughter is fast approaching two, what's your plan for getting her? Well, she's already been. How many different? Places that she watched baseball. She has been to Milwaukee, the Nats, and Wrigley. Wrigley, the Cubs. Might need to edit that one. Three. <laughs> so <laughs> before she turns two, she's already been to three major league venues. That's pretty yeah. cool. She hasn't even been to the Royals, but uh Well. Uh, B, we could go out there, but there might not be much going on. Now, if you were sticking around for the game tomorrow, she could go to Arrowhead. Speaking of that, she's been to some other venues for sports, right? Uh, she's been to Georgetown basketball game, Texas Longhorns football, and I think that might be it. she get to College World Series or anything in Omaha? She has not been to the College World Series yet. I, with her mother being from Omaha, I would imagine that that's in her destiny. How about, how about when are you going to strap on the glove and get her a glove and start playing a little catch? Well, we're trying to determine if she's right or left-handed right now. But, I think um, she's a southpaw. She looks like She her. seems to be. She, she definitely writes left-handed a lot. Yeah. So. Well, are you looking forward to her play, starting to play catch? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't... Envision her being a, a professional softball player. Never know. You do never know. You never know. Could be in her genes. Look at the, our history. <laughs> You've got. I don't know how to answer that. Uh, probably wise not to. But uh, well, that'll be fun. She's a hoot, and then she's going to have a baby sister here coming along in yeah in we, another month or so, right? She will do in early January, and we'll have. Uh, Two-ninths of a starting lineup at that point. There you go. Or if you're into soccer or hockey or something else, I suppose you do. Yeah. All right. The third part of this show is sabermetrics, which I can't stand, and you seem to harass me when when I started because you told me that my favorite stat that I think is the most accurate way to predict how someone pitches is whip, wins and hits per inning pitched. And you shattered my illusion by telling me that was a sabermetric. Correct. I thought it was uh, quite an entertaining hypocrisy of 
At least you listened to the podcast. That was cool. I did. I listened to everyone for at least a couple minutes. Well, I urge you to, you know, make sure that you get back and uh, and and track with the uh, podcast because there's 42 exciting ones. I'll be sure to listen to this one the whole way through. <laughs> that's a, that's the benefit of having a, a live guest. I at least get another another person to listen. So what? Um, you know, what do you make of the state of baseball? Uh, the state of baseball, I think it's as good as it's been in the last 10 years right now. It, I mean, they need to fix the issues of time and how long it takes the games because I do think they're going to lose the younger fans. How do you fix the time, in your opinion? Well, you you can have a... A pitch clock, which I think they've been experimenting, and they might even have, even though it doesn't count or something. But um, you could do that. You could do. You could get rid of home plate umpires and just have balls and strikes called by the computer, which, in my opinion, would be better for the game. That home plate umpires don't, in my opinion, is a. I guess I'm semi-traditionalist, but this position is certainly not traditionalist, and. I really don't think home plate umpires have a lot of need. <laughs> well, you know, I disagree, number one. But number two, I think that the uh, one of the problems with the time of the game, as my listeners would know I feel, is that uh, the strike zone's too narrow. I mean, it's number one, it's inconsistent. And certainly... If you're striving for consistency, your computer robo-ump is the way to go. Um, but I still think there's a place, if they would just expand the strike zone, the hitters would swing. If you if the hitters knew that they were going to call pitch outside the strike zone, they'd swing. Just like if they knew a buzzer was going to go off in 30 seconds, uh, they could have a pitch clock that you know wouldn't be used very often because they wouldn't get to that point. But... I'm not sure that baseball cares. I really not. I don't know about the time. About anything besides money. Well, that's probably true, but those are related. I think. Um, I will say that umpiring has—you say it's inconsistent, but it's significantly better than it was ten years ago in terms of consistency. And if you watch any college baseball, which I doubt you do, but like the strike zones in college umpires are the worst. It's like. So inconsistent, pretty much every game. Well, that's a subject we haven't talked about here on the lighter side of baseball. What uh, what college baseball do you seem to be preoccupied with? Well, the uh, my alma mater, the University of Texas, Hook'em, Hook'em Horns. I uh, I'm quite a fan of their college baseball, and the umpiring in college baseball is pretty much atrocious. Is pretty much the only word. How's the uh, Longhorn baseball team going to be this year? They're actually looking pretty good. They're, I think they're ranked in the top 15 or so. and uh, They're always strong. I mean, they're usually... Last year was like their worst year in so the do last you, Do you do fantasy sports? Fantasy baseball? I do not do fantasy baseball. You no. do fantasy football? Yes. Do you, um, do you think that's the, the uh, lifeline of professional football? If you take away fantasy football and betting, is there any NFL? Um, 
certainly not the current state in the money making machine it is it's a significant portion of it is due to betting and fantasy and i think that's borne out in that this is their most popular year in a number of years and it's not maybe it is a coincidence i don't think it is that sports betting has become legal in many jurisdictions what do you think about uh venue sports betting that I don't know much about it, but I keep hearing a little bit about it where, you know, people inside the stadium can actually do prop bets on different activities within the game. Well, the uh, the Washington Wizards and Capitals owner that, that owns the arena in D.C. is pretty much the number one proponent of that, and he wants to turn the Capital One arena into, like, the largest sports betting place in the country on like non-game days and have like in so you can bet at the arena so so in other words when the capitals or the um wizards aren't playing you go in there and you can bet yeah that's what he wants what about if they're playing with you i I believe he i mean his ultimate goal is to have like betting while you're there because that's what i thought that uh, the cubs are leaning towards a lot of the baseball teams are trying to you almost you have to do like an on you have to have an online option for that though because the fans want to be in their seats for the game too. So. Well, and who's going to clear those bets? I mean, who's the who's the house? Is it the Cubs or the Wizards? Uh, well, it depends on. Or do they get do they get part of the um, what do you yeah. call that? Uh, integrity fee is what they're calling it, but that's what the the NFL wants. Isn't it like juice? The, I mean, that's what you guys yeah, call it. You gambler guys. The gambler guys don't, but the the NFL tries to brand it as a what they call an integrity fee to maintain the integrity of the sport by giving them one percent of the the money that Vegas and all the other places take in. So does that actually happen now? No, it's what it's what the NFL and MLB and all of them want is a percentage off the top, basically. So what's the? What's I don't the- know if it's happening now. Actually, it it might be. I know the NBA has partnered with DraftKings and the fantasy people. Well, and I think certainly MLB Network, which is owned by MLB uh, in part, um, has DraftKings every day, you know, the, the daily yeah. deal to win yeah. money every day. And um, I guess those are legitimate. Are those legitimate? They're legitimate, but they are, uh, they're very difficult to win. The, the what... The acronym for the is DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports, and the the professionals are kind of use uh, they use a lot of they're all like brilliant people. the The people that win a lot of money are all like programmers, and and not many people are winning outside the top like one percent, if if not even less than that. They're they're all cleaning up, and because they're using these algorithms and they're entering a bunch of lineups and. It's not profitable for me, I'll say that. I I dabble a little bit in the daily fantasy sports, mostly just football and actually golf is probably the most fun fantasy cuz it's it's easy. You just pick six golfers and Do you ever win any money? Yeah, I've won at golf. I won uh the US Open a couple of years ago. I won like 5 grand or something. The IRS is listening. He's just kidding. It's funny money. I believe I that was uh actually claimed on my taxes that year oh, cuz okay. they send out a they send you a W-4 or whatever it is. Not W-4, but... 
Whatever the IRS sends you a form if they know you won a lot of money. Yeah. What about um, when you won the poker tournament? Did you have? I know that you paid eventually. Did they take anything out? Uh, they they did take it out. They take it out of poker tournaments if you win more than a few thousand or something. So what's the Oakland Raiders situation going to be when they end up in Las Vegas? What do you do in terms of sports betting then? Um, what don't you do is a better question. It'll be it'll be a pretty great experience. I think they'll have a lot of fans that go to the game that are not Oakland Raiders fans just because it'll be a fun experience, I think. In terms of... Are you talking about in terms of yeah. whether you can well, bet on them or? Yeah, I'm talking about whether. You, I've you never know. thought it made much sense to like not be able to bet on UNLV in Vegas. It's like I don't know. I've never really understood the logic behind that. Yeah, I guess the proximity of the the sports book has some bearing on whether or not a player is going to take a yeah. dive and it try to shave points. I don't. It doesn't think so. seem to have much right. effect. Certainly in today's world, where everything is digital. So. Give me an example. You're sitting around at home watching a football game, and you want to make an in-game bet, which is now permissible under some probably offshore betting, right? Uh, yeah. What but, do you, what's an example? Tell us about that. Well, there are all sorts of examples. You can do – I don't – to be honest, I don't know if they still do this. I think they do. Bovada and – I guess we don't want to – they're not a sponsor, but they could be. You never know. We, we probably don't want to list any specific operators. But uh, some of them do have where you can, like, in a football game, you can bet on whether the next play will be a run or a pass. Really? And, yeah, it's pretty – you can be quite well, a degenerate. I mean, like, you only have 25 seconds to do that, right? Exactly, which is – it's all about timing. And the, okay, if you're watching Switching Gears, you're watching Duke-Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's halftime. Can you place a bet in your living room on the second half over under? Or oh yeah, definitely. You can. You can do it. Nowadays, you can you can make a bet at any time during the game. On they they constantly update the point spread and constantly update the over under throughout throughout the game. Now you can bet on the the point spread at any point of the game. So obviously, you're not. That's if you're watching the game at a sports book or in your home. Anywhere, yeah, you can. I mean, if you have an account with an online sports book, that, are those uh, legal? Uh, not we're, exactly. We're getting into some nice shadowy stuff here on the lighter side of baseball. This is definitely not legal advice. I'm not providing any legal advice. Uh, it's but somebody, not saying you, could sit and watch the a ball the game. Justice Department's current position is that it's not legal, although it was. Uh, several years ago. Well, they're just the, don't they say that it's illegal to buy marijuana? They do, yes. It's actually a Schedule One narcotic, I believe. But, um, yes, that's correct. So we're sitting here within the background of our recording studio, the Michigan-Ohio State game. Could you bet on something, like, right now while we're on the air? Yes. Uh, what's the score? Do you know the score? It's... Uh... 42 to 27. 42 to 27. Looks like Ohio State's about to score. So the live line is probably, so they're up 15 right now. That's 11 minutes minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I could look it up, but uh, the live line is probably like Ohio State minus 24 or so since they're about to score and they're up 15. Okay, so you're saying that the 
point spread changes they updated, during the game. Right. It's updated. But they also... How about the over-under? Yeah. Everything. Well, those when are, those are the two main ones. When does that end? Because there are 11 minutes left. It does, and it'll go to like... Uh, when there's like two minutes left, you well, you could bet on the winner-loser also, which is a money line bet. And right now it would be... Ohio State, you'd have to bet like... You'd have to bet like $1,000 to win like $50 probably. Sucker bet. Sounds like betting the field and craps. Basically, yeah. All right. I've heard enough of this gambling stuff. Let's wrap this up. What, uh, what do you think for the next year? Do the Nationals repeat? Uh, honestly, I think they could. They have a lot of young players that... Does Rendon... I don't know how he pronounces his name. Rendon. By the way... He got screwed on the MVP of the World Series. What do you think of that? that Strasburg a, got it? Yeah, that was a... I don't know. I thought Strasburg was probably yeah, the most important. I mean, uh, no way. I mean... Of the World Series? Yeah, of the World the, Series. Of the overall playoffs, maybe not, but I don't know. Strasburg... Man, you take away Rendon, they don't even come close to winning the World Series. I don't know. He only has... I'm not bagging on your opinion. I just asked. Okay, do they sign <laughs> Rendon? Um, I think they do. Well, who's his agent? Is it Boris? I think it's Boris. I think if it's Boris, everybody. then they don't. He represents Strasbourg. He represents everybody. If it's Boris, they Raise probably won't. And, boy, Pro Sports Inc. could have used that guy. Um, Rendon, I don't think he signs. Strasbourg, I think he signs. Back with the Nationals. He I just really uh, declined his, his option. I don't, I don't know the MLB contract, he, okay. but he declined his option. He opted out of his contract, yeah. I think, is the language that they use for some reason. And so he's a free agent. And he's looking at being the second highest paid guy after Garrett Cole. Um, so you think the Nationals will repeat? I mean, obviously they're not the favorite. I'd take the field over the Nationals, but I do like... Come on, man. Let's stay loyal. They got some good young guys. They I mean, do. They they're... really do. But Scherzer's not getting any younger. and uh, Well, Zimmerman will probably be gone. I think he's a free agent, too. They got a lot of free agents, but... He can't leave. Where's he going to go? That's a good... Yeah. that's Somebody was saying they get He'd him. be like the first player since Derek Jeter to be at his own, own same team for his career. It's a good point. It's actually good. Who wins? The, any Anybody else besides the Nationals in your... Uh, in your zone of interest for the upcoming season? Um, Royals? I haven't really looked at the uh, prospects. The Royals are definitely not. I would probably pick them to lose 95 games, maybe, at least 90. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I think you're equally pessimistic with me. I think uh, I was disappointed with the new owner saying, referring that this is a small market. There's no such thing as a small market anymore. And uh, they need, here's my, one of my pet peeves and, and things that I've talked about is that they need a um, basement on the salaries so that everybody has to have a payroll of at least within 10% of the major league minimum or the major league average. So if the average is $150 million, they need to be within $135 yeah. million on their payroll. It's stupid. They have some sort of... It's, they have it's, it on the upper end. There's a luxury tax, which encourages the teams not to spend. Yeah, that, that just makes sense to have a basement. That, 
But I think you're right about the Nationals. I think they got a good shot. I think the, you're right about the Royals. They got no shot in the... Uh, How about the Cubs? The Cubs? I think the Cubs have a good chance. It just depends on uh, if Theo lets David Ross be the manager, which I find hard to believe, then I think they'll be all right. But if Theo wants to continue being the manager and the general manager, they, you know... You think They're he was the manager? With he thinks Madden? he's the manager. I know he's not, but he does. He picks the pitching coach, the hitting coach. Were you happy with Joe Madden? I, I love guess I Joe. should have listened to more of your podcasts. But. I love Joe. Yeah, listen to 35 through 40. I talk a lot about Joe. Uh, I'm an Angels fan now. That's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to go to every Angels game I can find. Is he the manager of the Angels, I take it? Yeah. And um, what, a be- what better place than Hollywood for Joe? Cool Joe. Yeah, yeah. Any other teams you like in baseball? Nats, Cubs, Royals. Uh, you like the, the Tampa Bay? The cheating Astros? Cheating Astros. That's another topic for the future. I think if that's true, their general manager should be banned from baseball like Joe Jackson was. He's a cheat. And there's or Pete Rose. I think it's, it's, oh, here it's we a go. lot worse than gambling on other teams like I don't see, I do not see what's wrong with gambling on your team to he win. He was the manager, dude. But if if you're only if you're betting on your team to lose, yes, that's a huge issue. But I personally don't see the issue. If you're betting on your team to win, what does you that manage differently? If you're managing, what does that mean? Money. I don't know. That's the bottom Shouldn't, line. Of isn't baseball. your goal to win every game? Dude's not going to get into the Hall of Fame before Barry Bonds. I just don't. I don't see how He's, it's bad for the game if you're if you're only betting on your team to win. Which I'm not saying that he was. I, he was probably betting on his team to lose sometimes. But if he was only betting on his team to win, I don't. Did you see that football player story came out? Somebody was just betting on his, their own team. And he's in trouble. I can't remember the name of the guy. Is it like college or NFL? NFL. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll acknowledge that the sports leagues do not want you doing it. I just, I don't see the integrity issue if you're betting on your team to win. Well, we're up against the time limit. (laughs) But, (laughs) but what about fantasy sports? How, you know, there's it? some big, oh, yeah. there's some big game fantasy baseball, yeah, fantasy football. All these guys have themselves and and other people, and they have. It's so hypocritical that I, I'm but not I agreeing mean that, with you on Pete Rose, but for Aaron Rodgers to be in a million dollar fantasy football, I don't league, think he's in million. Are there are there stories of million dollar leagues? I, we um. On the lighter side of baseball, it doesn't really matter how factually accurate we are. Okay. I'm just throwing but I'm just out. Saying, I'm saying, if it's like $10,000, that's still not a lot of money to them. Like, but it has to be up to them. still a lot of money. But not enough to... It's better for their bottom line to still win the game, like for their monetary know, situation, I'm, unless I'm you're in the millions. I'm concerned about fantasy sports being different from betting. It's, it's really not. No, it's really not, but it would... I don't see too many situations where it would be beneficial financially for a player and to actually try to lose because they make so much money. Do you know whether or not they're banned from participating in fantasy sports in the uh, NFL or the They're definitely not banned. They all talk about it, I believe. Yeah. Interesting. All right, man. It's been fun for me. <laughs> good I, chat. Yeah, good chat, and we'll do it again as soon as we up our technological you know, call-in capabilities. We get a few sponsors. 
uh, and we're ready to go. But again, a fun time on the lighter side of baseball. Jamie Reski and Andy Reski saying have a great day and uh, go Chiefs tomorrow. Need a victory over those Raiders. Thanks for having me. Go Chiefs. All right, man. Thank you. (laughs) 